What's good, everybody? What's good? Welcome back to yet another episode of Off the Strength, where we're giving you the inside look into all things wellness culture. I'm a trainer called Tony, and of course, with me, I got some gentlemen of Extraordinary League. Guys, let's go around the table and introduce ourselves, please. You got KR Jones underscore in the building, Dragonfly Jones. What up? It's your boy Troy Brooks, Troy underscore Brooks on all social platforms. You're a trainer, Corey, a.k.a. your favorite trainer's favorite trainer. Bang, let them know. So, uh, guys, we officially crossed the 20 episode mark as the last one dropped as of today. The wow. Back to the future or back to the Jones. <laughs> Jones to the <laughs> future word? episode. I wasn't even counting. You know, we hit, we hit 20 on that. And, you know, we've been taking some amazing turns, twists and turns throughout this ride that we've been on so far. You know, I like to look back at the interview segments that we did that were pretty tight. We also dropped a mixtape in there before. And I think. It's time to hit the people with another mixtape today. How you guys feel about that? Let's go with that. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. You guys are feeling this mixtape vibe? Yeah. Always. We're going to shake up the vibe a little bit. We're going to change the format. We're going to hit you with Women Crushing Everyday Mixtape in honor of Women's History Month. And uh, I want to kick it off a little something like this. Let's get into the historical context of what women have done in this wellness industry. I, I believe that they, you hear the adage that behind every good man is a good woman, but I say in this space in particular, these women were pioneers. They didn't have to have any guys associated with them. Um, so first up, I would be in false company if I didn't say that one of the major pioneers that I like to check into in breaking down the doors of what in-home fitness was going to be was Jane Fonda and that Let's Get Physical BHS. wasn't even Let's the DVD. Let's Get Physical. <laughs> Yeah, we got to shout that out, man. I know people were slamming in the living room with the little high socks and joints. Damn, she started. So, first of all, let's break that down from the fashion tip, right? She had the sock game on fleek. She had leggings with leotards. Leggings on top. and she was layered on top. with the joint, yeah, with the on top, but the crotch on the outside with the, joint. With, the, with yeah. the mean curl game, the, yeah. far, the Farrah Fawcett curl game was strong. The eighties blowout, yeah. yeah. It smelled like yeah. poodles though. That perm be smelling like poodles. Fam, the eighties was a wild time to be working out. You know, you had look at how cr- crazy that chasm was. You had Arnold on one side pumping iron, and you had Jane Fonda knocking down the doors, and you could yeah. see. How that progressed through the years, because everybody and their moms was trying to pull off that leotard look for a yeah, little bit, even yeah. when they wasn't inside the gym. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, I'm going to throw the thong leotard on over these tights and see what's going down. I don't know if that's making a resurgence in the 20-aughts <laughs> going forward, <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised. Somebody's going to flip that. that. You know, we, uh, Rihanna does it. It's, it's a wrap. Yo, it's over. Yeah. I'm tuning in. If you get uh, Tiana Taylor on that, I'm tuning in. We're yeah. going to have all these Aye, people in there. <laughs> you got to have the dancers because she's at the dancer background. Is, it ain't love. <laughs> it's fun for the dancers, you know? But anyway. She wasn't too far from that in the, in and the, the, in the Kanye video? joint. The fame video, she was yeah. not too far removed. That's what I'm trying to say. She was just like, I'm just going to do it without the leggings. She said, shout out to Jane. You know, <laughs> yeah. she's like, I got check raised. You know, all right, I see where you was at. We're going to lift it off from there. Paying homage. Exactly. Right. You know, but she got, she got people, millions of people all over over the world to get into the workout so much in fact that they had to re-release her VHS set in 2014 which was one of the highest rated DVD sales at the time and again looking at DVD sales in 2014 is a weird number but that just goes to show you how fast and how far her reach went inside of moving people so salute to Jane Fonda and then keeping that same energy right keeping that continuum who's a pioneer who's an innovator coming from a similar space and who is kind of taking what jane did and put it into a modern day context you got to look at bryn over at mirror for a very similar kind of space uh to be in now if you guys are not familiar with what mirror is it's going to be an in-home workout platform right and it's literally like a, a lcd screen that you hang up on the wall and you work out with it right so she was a bar instructor that had a Wharton and Harvard background, so the business was solid, right? And with what she did on that, took the innovation that she saw inside her classroom and was like, you know what? I got a kid now. Can't make it to the gym all the time. I need something to do in between here. What would it look like if I did my class in this mirror? And what what would it look like if I could stream that out to people? So Mirror is jumping into the scene, trying to make as much noise as possible, taking on the likes of Peloton and Flywheel and the in-home workout experience with hardware that's attached to it. And to see a woman at the helm of that is a very rare thing in this space. I live in that tech space all the time, and there's not a lot of women that are the CEOs and founders of some of these hardware companies. So I just wanted to shout that out. And it makes me think into, you know, where innovation starts to take place we always have to be able to look outside our normal context. You yeah. know, if I was just a fitness person looking at only fitness to try to find some inspiration, it might be kind of hard for that, right? 
Um, I would want to ask you guys, where are some of the tangential spaces that you look to if it's not in the fitness space that you say, you know what, I found inspiration here, or I found inspiration on a, on a, from a person that might not even be attached to that? You guys got anything on that? Man, definitely uh, art world and the fashion world. Right on. Um, I think the art world is what allows you to get into that creative space, and oftentimes creativity isn't talked about in fitness. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to be creative with how you want to you know uh, attack your body so to speak like how do i want to shape my body how do i mold my body how do i want to mold my workout regimen right so i think the art world allows me to tap into a creative space and the fashion industry i mean athleisure wear we didn't talk about it day by day we like we all came in in the same damn color pattern (laughs) right so i think that uh those two worlds i can always look to to um Give me more insight on on my fitness somehow. Like it just kind of makes sense to me. Um, I, I know I can relate to that. What y'all got? What you, what you got, brother? Brother Corey? Yeah? In the um, in the present day, actually, I, a lot of my clients are artists, so I get influenced about the way by the way they look at things and the way they're 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 led. Because you know, whenever you're trying to train someone, you're trying to show someone the way. You always try to empathize with them and see things through their lens, so that it's easy for you to convey that information. You know. And one of my clients was talking about how he looked at it. He decided to start sculpting, and he was like, I'm terrible at sculpting, but it interests me, and I want to be better at it. But he's 40 years old now. He's like, yeah, but I'm not. I'm going to live till I'm 80, 90 years old, so when I'm 70, I'll have done sculpting for 30 years. So Makes sense. It teaches you patience and looking at, like, at your whole wellness is something that you have to chip away at and you have to build upon and not necessarily something that's going to happen overnight. So oh, yeah. looking at saying, oh, I want to be a artist in something that I'm not developed in now, but I've got the rest of my life to go at it is a way to look at wellness. It's like I'm not trying to be perfect today. I'm trying to spend the rest of my life making myself better every day. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that the concept of people are – you just have to start to work out, right? Like, we're not asking you to be Arnold Schwarzenegger tomorrow. It's just about, <laughs> like, you have to make that call to start. And you don't then Arnold now or Arnold then? Because Arnold now either. can do that. I don't right want to be none of them. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to start today, <laughs> and 20 years from now, the regimens that I've built will help me live longer, right? Mm-hmm. To take it back to the fashion aspect, like, when you think about clothes actually being curated and made, right, and you have to get measured and you need to tailor and then you got to – your waist and your inseam, like all that matters when you take into account your um, your body mass index, right? Or like how much you weigh. All that is going to affect the clothes that you wear, right? So you can you can find inspiration in a lot of different stuff, man. That's what's up, man. And you think about how um, women are reflected in that space, right? Like they're always hyper criticized for the things that they're wearing and how they look and how they have to report, right? So I'm looking at somebody like a Michelle Obama as the next person that I want to look at in that historical context, mm-hmm. right? Where she wasn't necessarily in the wellness sector, but if you look at what she did with the Let's Move campaign yeah. and how impactful that was on trying to get a generation that is, for the first time in history, having a lower life expectancy than the one preceding that to actually be invested in their health and well-being, I have to salute her as a maven in this space as well. Um, particularly because she was under such scrutiny for doing something that was so benign, realistically. It was like, hey, guys, maybe once a week, if you put the Cheetos down and pick up a piece of broccoli, it might be a good idea for you to, like... It just it. might be beneficial. They, you know? <laughs> they, they came for it. Like, she right. was trying to do negative things. That's like, what I'm saying. Eat healthy. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. you going to tell me to eat healthy? <laughs> dare you. Don't you talk to my kids like that. <laughs> right? It's like, yo, what, what's Have the worst Have another Twinkie, thing? Chad. Chad. <laughs> think of the protest, man. The man. protest is sick. He's yeah. like, all right, I'm going I'm to make myself as sick as possible, so you yeah. can't tell me what to do. Yeah. Who? Why would you fight that? <laughs> you know? What's going on, man? Shout out to Michelle Obama. One thing that I found found out that I hear in a lot of women they always compliment her arms they're like I want Michelle Obama arms <laughs> sculpted like, goals I was like I never really thought about it like that but I guess that's goals she, she has some nice long lean she looks like she yeah. played good defense yeah right, right? right. she looks like she, right. had a, like she, she could be a good wing defender you know stretch three Michelle yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out to her being where she needed to be fun fact I got to have tea with her at the White House when uh, the artist that I worked for formerly in my past life we performed at the White House for the um, National Christmas show 
and I got to meet her, and I was like, this woman looks amazing. Like, don't get it twisted out there. She's she looks really good. Oh, I was never mistaken. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah. We tried to make it nice for Barry O. Yeah, you know, I didn't want to say anything. On high. Yeah, yeah. But we noticed. We yeah. noticed. <laughs> we saw what was happening. Hi, hi Michelle. <laughs> hey. Hey, Miss Obama. Right? We already got one connection that's removed. We can't be too far away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, speaking back to the point of, I guess, breaking down that barrier for health and wellness, like, if, if she didn't do it, then... You know, would Beyonce and Jay-Z have done it? You know what I mean? Like, I think that might have been one of those first people through the wall to make a statement and then to grow from that, you know? Like, you got to shout Michelle out for that. Yeah, you got to be... And you have to be tough. There's nothing short of resilient and and the amount of strength that you have to go to know that you're going to say something that is a net positive for most people and them still hate on you and you not be like, you know what? The hell with all y'all. You can eat whatever you want. I don't care about you. My life is going to be solid. My life is going to be set. So to have that empathy, which is really something that I'm trying to work on because I don't really make that connection to be like, all right, once I told you this, you said that you threw it back, you don't want it. All right, cool. I'm going to take my ball and leave. That's a different level of strength and level of resolve that I think, you know, in particular, these these, uh, women have been able to show that we really need to find a way to celebrate. And um, the next person inside there is, again, on that same continuum, the last person I want to talk about in that historical context. And these are people that are still active today right but ariana huffington might be a little tangential too but just as divisive in terms of what people have uh thrown at the huffington post and when she put out any of her different books people always have something to take away from it but for an entrepreneur to break through the glass ceiling first and then to be able to look back and say you know what this high intensity always on go lifestyle is Mm -hmm. going to kill me before it makes me better what she's doing with the sleep revolution is yeah. something that I think is impactful on everyone. You know, um, people don't prioritize the essential need to have a, uh, adequate rest at the end of these days. And we live in the most rundown city in terms of like, we're going to keep beating the pavement, keep getting that next marker, keep going to the next check, making whatever we have to do happen. And we never prioritize that. I wanted to ask you guys, what, what role does sleep play in your own day to day kind of, well-being practice and where could you go with that so um sleep has always been something that's been extremely important to me i've always tried to get eight hours i try to make sure that i'm not functioning under six hours i think everyone um is a little bit different with that subjective but um i definitely think that you could benefit from eight hours of sleep i just think from a from an immune system standpoint from a cellular regeneration standpoint um, just from a fat loss, a metabolism standpoint, and just for your body to actually repair itself from all the work that you're doing, breaking it down during uh, fitness, I think it's important to make sure that you're sleeping. Like, I know um, one of my mom's best friends is, like, 54. I swear to God, she looks like she's, like, 32. This woman does not play when it comes to her sleep, and she's a senior VP. She's one of the higher-ups at Viacom. Like, she's at that hustle and bustle, long-hour day, but make sure that she prioritizes her sleep because she knows it's essential to vitality. In my own life, I prioritize sleep. Believe it or not, it's hard for me to get as much sleep as I like to now with uh, an infant, a three-month-old son as of today. He's three months. Um, Congrats on that. Thank you, man. Thank you, Sage. is three months today. So it's like he, like, finding a sleep schedule with him but then also knowing that when he takes his naps we got to take our naps like we have to prioritize our sleep around that and we might get it in micro dosages we might not get the whole eight hours but if i can get two here two here four here adding up to that eight hours that's what we have to do right now to make sure that we're getting that sleep so i think um you know that's just the best way i can go about it right now so you know find your flex for your sleep but make sure you're trying to get those six to eight hours from, from, it's funny for me with sleep like I'm one of those people that doesn't feel like they need it like I have to remember to go to sleep like I'll stay up especially when I was younger when I was younger I would stay up for like a day or two sometimes and just not go to sleep because I had stuff I was trying to do and I have to like remind myself like I started setting alarms so I have an alarm that goes off for 10pm I don't touch social media so anytime after 10 if something's on social media I'm not seeing it till the next day um, and then at midnight I have to like be resting in some mm-hmm. some way, like not mm-hmm. mobile anymore. Mm-hmm. And I had to like start putting those things into my day so that I make sure I actually go to sleep. And then I noticed how much better I was feeling and what was going on better for me. So I started doing that. But it's just until recently that I really started paying attention to my sleep. As much as I paid attention to recovery, I like neglected that side of it until pretty recently. It's important. They all go hand in hand. I think another important um, thing just to add to that is like finding a schedule to wind down 
that really works for you. So like how you said at 10 o'clock, no screen time. Like for me at my household, we got like a hard seven because I just want to be like engaged with my family at that point. So like after seven, I'm just not picking up my phone so that I could be in tune with my wife, in tune with my son and be present um, and with the dog. But just the point is like the wind down time is no screen time after this. And then like around at eight o'clock time is where I either try to pick up a book or I'm drinking some tea, some chamomile, something that's going to get me in that relaxed state of mind so that I can sleep better. And we all know that if you got an, an intense workout or even just an efficient workout, an effective, safe workout, you definitely get better sleep. So prioritizing your workouts and making sure that you have those on deck will also help you get adequate sleep. Um, I can't agree more with everything y'all saying, man. I think that uh, considering the generation that we're in with uh, social media and technology in general, that's what keeps everybody up the most. Like, people were sleeping in the 90s because they ain't have Netflix. You know what I'm saying? They ain't have the shows that would be on. Remember when the... Y'all gonna date me? Again. Remember when the TV <laughs> it's would like, here we go. when the TV would go off? I, I watched TV to wouldn't to wouldn't go on. What? I'm not listening to this. Yo, did you I just was say with him. you watched TV till it went off? Hey man, I'm just saying. Yeah. But nah, yo, yo, tone. Do you remember TV going off? No, that's why I don't believe. I don't understand. <laughs> I'm man, the oldest dude here, right? TV went off. I'm it, the oldest eventually, dude here, right? it would take you to the to the so, gray screen so at some gonna point. Use, you're gonna the you gray. Know, Fam, he's talking about things I've never experienced. Oh, listen, we're going to listen to the great and powerful yeah. Kyle one day. He's traveled no, through time. I'm telling you, there's a, no, there man. is a portrait somewhere of Kyle you're, that's you're really the, old. Yo, bro, we got to listen. You're the, you're the longest living man that's here. You might not necessarily be the oldest. Old is a mentality, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Old yeah. is a mentality, all right? Um, <laughs> I'm no, the longest bro. on the earth. We don't know where Kyle came from. <laughs> you know, I descended from somewhere. Who knows? Kyle Drago over here. We don't know where <laughs> Oh, but um, ultimately, I think sleep is, is very important. And to Troy's point, to your point, that recovery aspect is the most important point. Um, remember LeBron on the podcast and them talking about sleep and recovery being the forefront of him. And that's arguably one of the greatest athletes we've seen. Shout out to him for passing Jordan. Yeah. But um, when you got LeBron James talking about sleep, and like what he's eating right after a game or how he's stretching or recovering after the game, you got to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the wind down just for your mental, not even for, you know, uh, your recovery, just to recover mentally. Like being in the environment that I work in or that we all work in, you take on other people's energy so much throughout the day. And I'm at a yoga studio. People are like, yo, like you don't got to do that much. You work at a yoga studio. Like, fam. Only stress people do yoga. Like, I'm taking on <laughs> stress every single day. That New York stress, like, I need this class right now. Let yeah, me in. They're trying to hand you all like, the yo, stress of the day. You right late, now. fam. You're not getting in the class. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. when when I think about my sleep, I definitely prioritize that. I like a nice candle to burn. You know what I mean? Have some good sense when I get there. Um, I'm definitely turning TV off. TV just not really that important as it yeah. used to be anymore. There's nothing vital on there for me. So it, you need it. You need that recovery, man. Yeah. And Ariana talks heavily about the same rituals that you guys are talking about inside of the sleep revolution. You know, um, it's important part to signal to your brain before you actually get into bed that you're getting ready to, be- to go to bed um, to you know, just get that whole mindfulness continuum established early on into the night before you just try to just crash and end up sleeping. Um, so inside of all of this, I celebrate the fact that you guys have your own individual rituals. Mm-hmm. And I would challenge everybody at home to try to look into what they do when they approach this whole sleep topic as, as a whole and see if you can find markers to where you can kind of maybe get a little bit more restfulness in. you know, decreasing the screen time like we talked about, you know, putting on a special shirt. Starting to read what you need to read, um, Troy. What were you saying? I was saying, remember, remember, we got that book that we're reading right now, right? Mindset. So that's a great way to wind down. We know books usually get people into that relaxed state of mind. So if you guys are doing what you're supposed to be doing out there and reading that book with the good brothers here, you know, that's a great way for you to also wind down and implement into your sleep regimen and just kind of get off the screen. There we go. Get your rituals set. So we tackled everything in this section. From getting physical to let's move, finally let's go to sleep. I think that that was the historical context on that one. How you guys feel about that? 
What? You going to sleep? Yeah, no, I'm saying the whole setup, man. That's oh, track yeah. one. Kyle ready to go to sleep right now. I'm missing it, man. Kyle ready to go to sleep I was asleep. You ain't know. I just woke up. What's up? Who's going? Hit this T, Playboy. Hit this T. We're going to get him past there, man. Get him get him lifted. We're going to kick past track one and get into the second track. Now, we got to talk about what's going on today. Yeah, man. Right? There's women crushing it every day, not just on a Wednesday. We got to see who's out there really setting the bar and really making the trends happen. And the first person that I would like to look at and shout out is a woman by the name of Angel Rich. Okay, now Angel Rich was quoted by Forbes magazine to be the next Steve Jobs. Um, That's a hell of a quote, right? That is big status. Shout out to her. Status is insane, Um, especially for a woman of color, especially for somebody who at the point in time that they're making this uh, reference was under the, uh, under 30 years of age. Um, so to just be coming out of the gate and really get your first national recognition on Forbes saying that you're the next Steve Jobs is crazy. Um, there's not a lot of people that are inside this tech space uh, to begin with that are people of color and that are leading the same kind of uh, level of I'd say operations that w- you would get notarized for uh, st- um, inside of Forbes. But what she did with her app Credit Stacker was make a credit engagement app easy and fun to use for people to actually educate themselves on the power of credit and how it moves. So dope. And it got to the point in time where it's over well over 200,000 downloads. It was 24,000 downloads a day at one point at its peak in 40 different countries and in seven different languages. This is a massive leap forward in what we need to do in terms of education for financial security in our community. Um, And she's breaking down all different types of barriers. She came out with the book earlier this year, The uh, History of the Black Dollar. Um, She's also been quoted on Forbes again as saying that, you know, in, in spite of her breaking through all these different barriers that she had to go through and you know um raising funds for tech startup companies is extremely hard but you'll see some startup people come out with none of the wins and get 70 80 million dollars off the gate she has one of the lowest funded yeah groups um in spite of all her victories that she put forward so i wanted to make sure we shout her out shine some light over that and black woman who talk tech uh competition that she's running is still up and going so if you guys want to Make any kind of donations if you're in a position to do that out there. I'd say go ahead and try to get her up over that 200000 mark to put her on the level that she needs to be at. Very She's dope. making a lot of noise and getting people to notice that. Um, guys, how do you feel about somebody who's able to raise millions of dollars on their own for their separate project but now trying to find relevance to start her own company, not being able to see that same level of gratitude come back towards her in the fundraising space? I mean, it, it's a shame when you look at what happens to marginalized groups. You know, you got women out here um, already competing, uh, you know, in, in a space where they're not being seen as equal most of the time, trying to achieve, getting to a point where you finally can, you know, make those moves and then you still have trouble getting the funding and getting supported on the next level. And it's like every time you move up a level, you just leave, reach another level of adversity and then keep persevering and keep carving the way so that someone can step in behind you. It's, you know, it's nothing short of a miracle sometimes, you know. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely agree to that. I think that um, it is unfortunate the hurdles that they overcome, but it's also a part of the game too. You know what I mean? I think uh, if you can, if you can make it to a certain point, it's about then manipulating it to your benefit, right? Like if you learn the rules of the game that you're playing, so to speak, then you just play to your benefit. I mean, it's not going to be fun. Some people walking through life, some people roller skating, but. If you let that stop you, then where you're going to end up at, you got to keep pushing, keep keep pushing past any adversity that comes your way, you know. I think we need to acknowledge that the, like how you see the rules of the game, I think we need to acknowledge that the rules of the game need to change, right? Oh, so, yeah, most like, definitely. We need to really acknowledge the fact that feminism is for everyone, right? Like you don't have to be a woman to support women. So, like, if we start right there, right? Like, I believe in equitable practice. Fair is fair, and good work is good work, and we need to stand behind good work. And it doesn't matter if it's created by a man, woman, or whatever your pronoun is. If you're creating good work, we need to get behind good work and support good work and good people who are doing great things. She's definitely in a position where she's trying to educate people, and um, she's at the forefront of financial literacy. And I think we need to get behind this strong woman because the initiative and the the narrative that she's pushing is important. It's important for all of us. That's what's up, man. Absolutely. 
and we got to keep that entrepreneurial spirit going forward with our next person as well. Now, this is a homie of the show. Uh, I've known Maurit for a little while, um, back in the place that shall not be named uh, days, you know. Of course. You, you guys know what the time it is. Uh, CTC, if you really want that name out there, we, we make sure that it happened. But I like what uh, Mo was able to do once she left the bigger corporation and was able to start out Form Fitness. It is a fitness center dedicated to body positivity, motivating and welcoming environment for all types inside this space. Now, we have lived underneath a space inside of the fitness industry where you normally see one kind of person being celebrated often. And I like that in recent years, you'll see all different types of variety because people are not a monolith, right, in any way, shape or form. You know, um, so whenever there's a chance to celebrate that and to see what um, people are doing in that space, I want to champion that as well. Kyle, you know Maureen as well. You talk Definitely. about the story a little bit. Um, Mo is real dope, man. I I met Mo in that space that we're not going to speak of. And, see, there we go. <laughs> and uh, when we were there, she was one of the top trainers there. It was her and uh, and Mitch. They were the top two trainers there. So I was fresh in at like 22, and. Um, my advice to anybody that's training right now or getting into the training game is when you go into a new gym and you're new there, find out who the top two trainers are, male and female. Figure out what they're doing and try to like emulate that as best as you can. So I kind of studied them. I worked out with Mitch and got big as hell on some bodybuilding shit, and I worked out with Mo and kind of learned the business aspect of it. Um, she was number one trainer. Every month we would have those meetings, and it would just be like – did 150 sessions blah 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 like just crazy breaking down various um but she was very simple like she was consistent she was on time she was you know she didn't take shit she charged people for a session if they missed it like so you getting charged twice like it was just good business practices so i'm not surprised by anything that she's doing right now i'm always supportive i actually went there what last month to go get my cpr certification again so uh shout out to form fitness man it's just a dope space yeah i like to see anybody that's in our community that's been moving the meter forward um especially after they get out of that okay so now what phase of their career you know um typically there if you're following the regular story arc you know you start off you're brand new you're really excited about everything and you're like a sponge you're taking in all this information then you start to see how this information can relate to making your world better and then finally you run into a space where you have to step outside the boundaries that you're locked into Mm -hmm. um and particularly in the case of um women in that space it's kind of hard to see a lot of people start out and have their own um entity inside there with a very defined voice and a very unique space that they want to practice the things that mean the most to them so anytime we see that i like to champion that and that does lead us right into the last group now um i'd say in this new school mix up with celsius um which is not necessarily in fitness but it still occupies in that space of wellness um with the sisters Teresa and karina uh williams they were both born in germany um but they have all of the williamsburg neighborhood going crazy with this way too swanky uh part coffee shop, part laundromat, part yoga studio all rolled into one. And all just, in one. Whoa. It's a Solange vibe, really. That's what yeah. they took. They took rainbow. Seat at uh, the table vibes, yeah. all that. You know? <laughs> they, they, took, they took seat at the table and was like, what if we made that into a real place? Yeah. And I love everything about that. Corey, you know the sisters as well. Um, would you be able to talk a little bit about the first time we met them and like what you what you took away from that and what you see inside that space well first thing when i went into you say oh it's going to be a laundromat you don't expect the aesthetic that you walk into you don't expect it to be just this this ultra modern like real just smooth vibe like and then the energy inside of the space is so different it's got like a little coffee shop lounge up on top in the back um, they're you know using different materials, making sure we're protecting the environment, keeping everything really natural, eco friendly. They, yeah, yeah, they put me onto the wild um, wool balls that they use. So they have like little balls of wool, right? And they put the essential oils in the balls of wool. So when you dry your clothes, you get that scent coming out of the wool. So it adds a scent to your clothing, and it um, does what fabric softeners would do, but like with without, natural, without the carcinogens, without all the other things that yeah. So that, it's a really ill spot. It's a really, like, forward-thinking way to approach, you know, going into a laundromat and not dealing with 
especially people who enjoy like a high-end experience. If you live in a major city, you could very well have a high-end apartment and Elevated not have a washer dryer. Yeah, you know you what can. I'm saying? Absolutely. So you want to you don't want to come out of your beautiful apartment and walk across the street in your wonderful shoes and step into some ratty ass laundromat. Yeah. You know, so walking into a beautiful space is beautiful, you know, it's dope. I champion that. I support that. I think that is that is so dope, man. I think, you know, we just again, just to tie into like this millennial generation where People literally can get paid for anything. Like, you can create any idea and, like, get paid. Like, your passion, you can definitely make your passion your purpose and be fueled by that and create a paycheck by doing things you love. And like you said, like, we all love aesthetically pleasing things. Like, that's just the times and generation that we live in. We love these beautiful things. And it's like a laundromat. I love, you know, moms and pops laundromat. Before I moved into where I live, I had to go out and do my laundry. And it got to a point where I was, like, dropping it off and just letting them do it because I didn't want to stay in that bum-ass laundromat. You know what I'm saying? But if you have, like, this beautiful environment where you can have coffee, maybe it's like there's, like, some kind of social ecosystem where you're meeting people, connecting. There's pastries there. So, like, that kind of stuff is the stuff that you want to do because now they're creating this environment. Because you know what? Like, um, like Nicola said on the show, it's like, you know, be the people you want to, you know, you want to see mm-hmm. and creating this, like, you know, probably an idea. Like, listen, it's this horrible laundromat, this dry ass laundromat. I come in here, you got the raggedy carts and shit to do. I'm hungry, wish I had a pastry, can't run out, don't have time. Now you create this environment that's beautiful and aesthetically pleasing. You have all these things. Encompass under one roof. It just is genius, in my opinion. Yeah, they got a full on ecosystem, and it don't. I feel like people just be pulling up there, not even doing laundry. On I'm sure, shit. like if the pastries is lit and the, and the coffee's on par. Like. They have dope events. Like I've yeah. been to at least two different events on two different occasions. Where one there was a like an open mic kind of thing. A girl was singing. Like she hit me with the uh, the Andre 3000 prototype what? acapella. I was oh. like. Okay. I was like, okay, you you doing a little something over here. I've been to uh shout out to Amanda. Amanda hosts uh sit and sip there. It's like a meditative oh, that is kind dope. of space. So every Wednesday morning tune in and they, they meditate and they sip and have coffee over there. Um So you gotta be about your business when you pull up to the spot. It's lie, a laundromat, yeah. but you can't come in there washed. You can't. You can't. <laughs> now the real question is I see what you did there. Right? I definitely see what you did there. <laughs> real question is were you pulling up to these events with clothes to wash at the same time, fam? Or you was rolling just Listen, for the event? we we have had this conversation <laughs> we had <the> where I <laughs> the laundromat was so dope, ladies and gentlemen, that I was trying to figure out a way to go out of my way. Like I'm trying I'm like, yo, this is I can make this cost effective. Look, I'm spending $20 at my spot to drop it off at my, you know, mom and pop shop. Yeah. If I put 12 in an Uber, you know what I mean, and carry the bag back, because you know it's lighter once it's clean, you mm-hmm. know, I think I can make it happen. But, you know, that's how dope <laughs> of a space it is. So um, shout out to Karina and Teresa. Yeah, I think that's hysterical. Kyle's trying to go through all the type of mental gymnastics to <laughs> make himself believe that he was actually going to have I'm a just a real... little too far away. <laughs> it's like, but it could have happened. I'm going to ride a half hour to get this laundry yeah, done. Yeah, <laughs> if I go get one of them little carts to put on my bike, you know what I mean, and just drag it, I could I could do it. Don't bring down the vibe, man. It's important over there. Yeah. We got to make sure we shout them out. So that was that. That was the present side. And the next track, I want to kick it into the future. And in particular, now I know we're talking about celebrating these women, and we want to make sure that we, on our own right, hold down the fort in the way that we're supposed to. Um... How do we, as responsible gentlemen of Extraordinary League, that we make this uh, proclamation for every week, how do we play an impactful role in what wellness is and feminism in wellness in our space today? Is there anything that you guys can think that we can put into action in in terms of us being keepers of that flame? I think we're doing it already by, um, by showcasing strong, amazing women in our network that are doing amazing things and helping to just continue to push their narratives by having them out here. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's one of the main things we could do. And like I said earlier, you don't have to be a woman to be a feminist, right? So stepping up on the front lines and supporting strong women and fighting for equitable practice, man. Like fairness is fairness, you know, supporting people who are doing good work and doing good deeds and fighting for the greater good. And if we have women who are, who are pushing that, you know, that needle, why not support them? Why not catapult them forward? Like, that's what we need to do. You know, even in, our, in the fitness and wellness spaces, I know women who work at the same facilities that I don't work at, who have just as much experience as me, if not more, who get paid less than me, and I think it's unfair. 
So I think what we can do is we can speak up about those things. If you know anything that's going on like that, speak up about it. It shouldn't exist. No, nah, man, I couldn't opinion. agree more. Uh, we, when our collective space, we hosted, um, well, I hosted the, the Men Culture Men event in which um, Emily, uh, a good friend of mine, and Sarah came and we spoke. And we spoke candidly about uh, toxic masculinity um, and just other issues that are currently plaguing movement and progress right now. So I think that, like Troy said, we we do this day to day. Like we're out here having these conversations. We're out here helping out when we can, promoting any good business that needs promotion. I mean, that's uh, you live and breathe it. You yeah. live by example. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you live by setting that example. I think one of the biggest things is as people of privilege, because in the situation where you talk in the business space of being men in, in this business space, and we are the people of privilege in that particular environment, we have to make sure that we, in the process of supporting, are always asking what's really needed, because it's not really necessarily about like our view of what things should be or what equality is. That's something that they have to define for us. So we have to make sure that we're open to hearing where they want their, where they want our assistance, where they want our aid, yeah. where we can be an ally, and not just necessarily inserting ourselves in the way we deem it to be the best way, but to make sure that's the best way they feel it is. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's a great point, my brother. Um, if you don't act, you'll never know. Exactly. And if you never say, it, then you'll yeah. never know. You never you know? know. So I, I definitely encourage and champion all women to to speak up, to to let us know because. Us men, we can be a little... Yeah, we don't always know everything, you know? We, we can be a little behind yeah. sometimes, the majority be, of the time. Might not be as woke as we <laughs> yeah. thought we Listen, were. You, be, you could be big woke. Yeah, we gotta, big we woke, gotta, but be sleep at the same yeah. time. <laughs> you could be big woke and be sleep at the same damn time. Be big woke and know? small sleep. I think it's just, you know, men can be mindful. Like, patriarchy is something that just really shouldn't exist anymore, and we should just be mindful to celebrate all women, celebrate, treat women the way you would treat your mother, treat women the way you would treat your daughter, treat women the way you would treat your sister if you got a great relationship. Like, just holding women up and supporting women. Not not push, you know, like, women, they like chivalry, but they don't want you to do everything for them. So just, not. you know, like, allow that woman to be strong. In my household, we don't have gender-specific duties. Like, I'm not telling my wife, like, you got to go clean, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go you do still dishes. Cash like, huh? You still Venmo, cash app? Yeah, you know, that's just different. That's just a sneak tip. I throw the sneak in there all the time. The Venmo game is strong. But more importantly, like sometimes people um, should be coming in from Whole Foods with heavier bags than me. And people look, looking at me like, yo, why? Because she's strong. Because she can. Because she wants to. Because I'm not going to go grab those bags out of her hand. Like that's not my place. So I think just supporting strong women is the first thing that we can do. That's one of the first steps is acknowledging that women are strong and supporting them. I like that. Uh, we need a new guy to Chivalry 2.0. Yeah. I feel like everything has evolved around what is kind of a little bit antiquated in that. Mm -hmm. I think we should be able to, I mean, if we keep us of the flame, we should be yeah. able to come up with that chivalry 2.0 guy. I think guy I'm so here for yeah. some point Let's in time. Yeah. Let's do that. Uh, you know, I'm always here to educate the masses, you know. Yeah. Well, was there it. ever a guide in the beginning? Oh, like, absolutely. That's all the more reason why we need to do it. Yeah, but it was like, I, I, I it was like the code. King James version. Yeah, <laughs> It was the, code, the King know? James version of chivalry back yeah. then, you know. But I think more. it was it, it was it was passed down to you almost like exactly. in, like indoctrinated. Legacy, man. So but a lot of stuff was so antiquated, like walking on the outside of a woman, you know, when you're walking down the street. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, so like it doesn't really apply now because that might not be the safest side of the street. <laughs> it's not the safest side <laughs> you of the street. Know what I mean? Facts. <laughs> and that was really that was established when people were literally throwing stuff out their window yeah. to get rid of it. Yeah. Right. And it could have been and you any type of thing. Hit by, <laughs> by shrapnel from the right. street. Yeah. I don't really think that's happening in 2019, yeah. so we should probably update that. Hey, man, I still do that. <laughs> I still do it. I'm just, that's just how I'm cut. I'm cut from still that. Still open doors, right. like yeah. I said. But it, again, Pushing not saying that chairs, that's a bad thing. These hope, are all good things. Yeah. We got to understand what the origin story is in some of them. <laughs> when we're coming up with the Absolutely. new guy, yeah, <laughs> we got to yeah, look yeah. at yeah, it. Like, wait a second. Why are we doing this? Like you, if you walking on the outside, but there's the wild, like crazy acting homeless dude on the other side, like you might want to move. Well, then you switch. You, <laughs> you might want to switch sides switch real quick. That's it. But that still lets her know that you're you're here to support her and protect yeah, her. You walk right? on the and side. There's nothing of wrong with that. No doubt. Yeah, man. And Troy, you brought up something else that was inside there and talking about treat people how you want or, or in reflection of how your mother is. Mm -hmm. I'd like to ask the room because I know we all have differing relationships with our parents yeah. um, moms being the matriarchy in particular mm -hmm. what's the role that your mother played in the person that you are today and and what's 
what are you proud of most out of that space? Um, my mother was resilient. She was both mother, father, and when I was old enough, friend, right? And um, so I think my mother had just a very by any means necessary attempt at life to do things. And um, she was very resilient and she was strong. Um, my mom had me at 18 years old and the first time she ever had sex, lost her virginity, got pregnant. I'm 37 years old now. I'm in a better financial position than she ever was, um, more structured. I have a partner, and we still struggle at being parents. Like, holy shit, this is hard. So I look at her now, and I'm like, damn, like, how did you do this? And you know what I mean? Like, how did you raise me to be this good man? So I think well, when I look at my mom, I look at her, and I just see I see that, that grit that I'm going to get it done by any means necessary kind of human being. And I think um, she's instilled that into me, and I think I do my best to model that. Right on. My mother was like such a source of creativity. She's a she's a dancer by nature. She's a dancer and a teacher, and um, she danced with Alvin Ellie. She's always been, you know, singing and dancing and bringing all types of different things in the house. Like I knew the words to the sound of music when I was like three. First off, I shouldn't know that, <laughs> like, but I did, and it was like so bringing in like Why all not? the different. It's not a good song. Um, <laughs> it's not a high quality song. I want to hear that in that I baritone. Think it's a great note. song. I want to hear Corey hit that that high note. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, great, great movie. I get that baritone on. Go ahead, man. Shut yeah. that out. But um, no, but mom, like she she put creativity in there, and she put in the idea that like you don't have to do traditional things to be successful and to be happy in life. Um, my mother definitely didn't define success as a financial thing. Luckily, my father did, so we lived well. But um, she definitely defined it as, like, the things that you want to be and the things that you want to do. And she just, she danced when she felt like dancing. And she would just, like, she generally was a very structured person. But, like, she opened herself up to, like, that moments of creativity and that embrace of all different types of people and kind of showed me that I can choose to be how I want to be. I don't have to be how people want me to be. You know what I mean? I get to do my own thing. That's awesome. That's dope, man. Uh, Shout out to Yvette. My mother, man. <clears throat> I know, I know you. Yeah. Um, Both Yvettes. <laughs> similar to to Troy's story, I grew up like single parent mother. So uh, my father was in my life, but I lived with my mother predominantly, and she was very resilient. She was very uh, overprotective when I was growing up. So I didn't really understand why. But when you're growing up in any city that has a rough part like Baltimore or Brooklyn back in the day like before the Barclays Center and all this <laughs> crazy shit so you you have to be somewhat protective of your child but what I think I got from her the most was she would always say that uh, every decision comes with a consequence mm. and she would always in a way give me free reign to make my own decisions and then to also reap my own consequences of those decisions. So she really allowed space for me to grow. Like she would pull me in tight and then mm -hmm. let me go and mm -hmm. make my own decisions, fuck up and then be yeah. like, see, I told you, yeah. right? And uh, I wanna say at, I wanna say 17 was when I finally decided that I'm going to listen to what my mother got to say. Because before, I always go back and forth like, nah, I ain't really about to listen to what she said. i never forget. It was a, it was a Lupe Fiasco concert. It was uh, it was right when Kick, Kick Push, right around that time, was dropping. And it was How a concert. How old were you at this moment? Fam, I was like, I was like I'm lying. I was like 16, maybe. <laughs> All right. We're going to let him slide. We're gonna I, was a, I was a junior <laughs> in high school, right? There and, we go. And uh, so... The concert was on a Wednesday night. My mother's like, nah, I ain't letting you go to no rap concert on a Wednesday night. She's like, who is Lupe Fiasco? I don't even know what this guy's about. So if it wasn't for her friend, Miss Lori, Miss Lori's like, oh, no, nah, he's a skateboarder. He's all right. He ain't going to be no problem. He'll be fine. I'm like, all right. I'm like, Ma, can I go? She's like, she was, she was wild, hesitant, didn't want me to go. I'm like, come on, let me do it. The homies is rolling. I got to roll with the homies. She's like, don't go. You shouldn't. But I'm like, all right, I'm going to go. She finally let me go. On the way to the concert, we got into a car accident on the way to a concert, so we didn't even... I wasn't driving. I was in the back seat, but um, didn't even get to see Lupe Fiasco. And it was just like, damn, all this time she told me not to go, mm -hmm. and sure enough, I didn't even make it. So after that, it was more things along the line that anything she would say, I would just... I would just take it. Like, I'm not even going to say... Mom said no, it, it's a dub mm -hmm. for that. I'm not mm -hmm. even going. Um, one of the gyms she blessed me with was... Uh, 
nothing good happens after 2 a.m. That's something that I live by. That's something <laughs> oh, that I live by, yo, too. I got I to gotta be honest with you. That is a gem, bro. I got to be honest right? with you. Right? Yeah. I've done some really good things after 2 a.m. I'm not going to lie, yeah. man. Listen, <laughs> you, but you, I guarantee, you I guarantee it got started and you yeah. knew it was going to happen before, too. Them no, things come at a price, man. man. someone who did event planning and marketing and party promoting for over 15 years, like my life. Mm-hmm. Happened like my life with the light. My daytime was between hours of twelve p.m. and four thirty-five in the mornings when shit was jumping and a lot of bad things happened in the hours. Oh, man. of course, for sure, man. for sure. Hey, I've had a lot of good things happen around that time. <laughs> oh, we heard you the first time. <laughs> I'm just, going, he's going oh, no, back was, to. It. I was still, I was yeah. still in. I was still in the moment. Oh, oh I see. No. Bad no, decisions make for good stories. That's what yeah, Trump Court is trying to let you know. For New York, <laughs> I would, I would push it to maybe three, just because we on a different beat, but. After three, if if it ain't if the deal isn't sealed, <laughs> you don't know where you going. Go home. That's it. Yeah. Leave it alone. Shout out to moms for for Mom. just instilling that into me and uh, my my work ethic, my decision making, how I process, how I treat people. She's the most giving yeah. person mm-hmm. I ever met. Mm-hmm. Like would do, you know when you when you agree to do something but you never want to do it. Yeah. She would complain sometimes, but she would still always do it, you know? So I, I always loved integrity. that about her as a person, you know? Integrable practice. That's awesome right there, man. Yeah. Yeah, fam. Um, I say for myself, a lot of the shared sentiments in terms of uh, self-sacrifice um, in order for your child to be better, um, you know, the, that discipline that it takes to, you know, have a better hope for tomorrow than your existence is today. Mm-hmm. Definitely something that's going to be pivotal in there. Um, and I would say, you know what, from time to time, um, she probably saw visions of herself inside this, especially when we were butting heads. Mm-hmm. Strong will, man. Mm-hmm. Strong will. Mm-hmm. And when your mind is set and you know you're right inside mm-hmm. of something and not going back down from it, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's pro- 100% that inside That pops out real quick, right? Like, nah, I know. I got it. <laughs> probably a little bit of that anger, too. Yeah. You know, shout out to mom. But, you know, <laughs> you needed that to survive yeah. in, in certain yeah. circumstances. Yeah. You couldn't. It, it, just like in every one of the stories that we talked about before, people will habitually line cross every single time. <laughs> habitual line steppers. Yeah. Habitual line steppers <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah. Every time you had to go. My mom's grew up with five brothers, right? So she had no issues with putting people back in line whenever they stepped out. Yeah. Guys yeah. In, yeah. included. Yeah. She was, moms was nice with the hands early. I'm telling yeah. you that right now. And my, my uncles be like, nah, your mom. squabble. <laughs> she wasn't playing. <laughs> my uncles be like, yo, your mom's is a little crazy. She, I remember when she threw them hands a couple yeah. times. <laughs> well, uh, two questions here. First question. Have you ever got your ass whooped by your mother? Oh, one hundred percent of the time. There was no. Is that really a question to ask for <laughs> black like... men? <laughs> I was in. I was in a different in circle. In the, in the circle I was in, I was like, no, I've never been disciplined. I was nah, like, not... oh, all right. So I know how to talk to you. Um, my, my mom wouldn't hit me with the regular. Like my dad got the regular beatings in. My mom gave me them crazy like emotional beatings. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean. You don't want that. You know them beatings were like, <laughs> like I'd be like, hey, can you can, can you get dad? Can you get dad though? Can you? Uh, I, think, I think you should get. Dad, I think you should get. Yeah, this gonna hurt me more than hurt you. School once, (laughs) my mom came in my room shaking. I was like, "Hey, hey, I think I I don't think now is a good time for this." Yeah, (laughs) I think we need to talk about this. She legitimately had to catch me. That's crazy. I mean, (laughs) so the follow up question is: Would you then beat your children? Troy, coming to you first. You can come to me first, and I'm saying this live on the air (laughs) right now. Times are different, brother. It is. Ah. You, you blow on your child the wrong way, yo, as child protective services will snatch you. Yeah. Okay? So I'm not, number one, I just don't, I feel like I don't have to, I don't have to beat the fear of God into my son. I think speaking to him like a man, even, you know, and just speaking to him, like, why are you, why did you make that decision? Like, why did you think that was a good idea? Look at the consequences that you had to reap for the action. I think that just goes a little bit further. I think this ties into my whole you attract more bees with honey than you do with shit mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, like, we don't have to beat our kids. Like, I don't really think good comes from that all the time. Like, that just makes them sometimes more rebellious. Listen, I learned. Listen, I, I didn't. We grew up in that era, but this is a different time. Like, my wife is a principal. Your, your child comes in with a bruise, anything. Like, you can't play that. You you beat your child now, you're going to jail. Yeah. That's the real. But we didn't have bruises, and I feel like to some... All right, well, not, nothing visible. <laughs> like, Which bro, one you of your childhood the, are you talking about? Did you ever get hit with the iron cord? I got hit with the I iron got, cord, bro, the broom handle. I got... Whatever was close. My mom know? knew... She waited till I came out the shower. Oh, this see, way, that, the pores was open. That's Damn, tough right there. You feel me? Like, yeah. That's a real one. You might have deserved yeah. that one. She also punched me in my face when I was like 13, because I tried to get... I tried to style on it, like, you know, like... 
you under this roof, fam. Yeah. You don't pay bills here. Like, how dare you? Straight knuckled up and pop me right, like, bust my lip. Real talk. Wow. First punch in the face is from my mom's. I mean, but so some to some extent, do you think that molded you, right, to be the person that you are today? Like, Well, we believe that everyone should be punched in the face. We spoke about this on the episode. Joe Buck, at least be, once. Whether it be physically or metaphorically. But it doesn't yeah. have to be by your parents. But it doesn't have to be by your parents. Yeah. And I actually think that we, just, we grew up where life is about constant evolution and growth. And I think we just do things extremely different from the way our parents did things everything i mean i'm i i we i'm parenting different you understand like children cry in arms there's been science scientific data you don't just throw your kid in the in the stroller and let them cry like there's a lot of different things that we learn as we yeah. evolve as people just the way we do with our training modalities we don't do the same training modalities and work to the same intensities that lou frigno or arnold schwarzenegger work to because we know smarter training has a functional carryover to everyday life so the same thing the same rules apply life is all about constant evolution so in parenting fitness wellness style your your job is if you're on this earth is to evolve and to evolve your practices yeah no, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's exactly exactly a beautiful point is if i could just buttress up against that point right he did there. it again um <laughs> two wait, weeks in a row we gotta get you did a you new word kyle's, you know what i mean did you see kyle's face <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Eyes roll. You heard his eyes roll. <laughs> well, I heard him. <laughs> but uh, we as a people tend to block out certain changes, certain evolutions, and we say, all right, we can move forward this way but not that way. Mm-hmm. So we can we can move forward and, and follow through technology and try to move forward on how we're treated and, and, and socially, but we can't move forward in terms of mental health, in terms of how we raise our children, in terms of how we treat our families. Like, those mm-hmm. things can't change. And realistically, like – as I got through, the, even even for my parents, when my parents disciplined me, most of the time they talked me through it. Sometimes I did things so crazy that they lost it and beat me, like getting kicked out of school. Only like four times. But those are the kind of things that like you, you realize when you start looking at how it affected your development. And there was no point where hitting me made a difference it didn't it didn't wasn't the real deterrent for things i wasn't like yo like i'm gonna take a couple punches or whatever not to say my parents punched me but you can take a l that's that's not the thing that necessarily changes you but what really changed it was the examples that were around me and how i was spoken to and my father saying look you're gonna be a man and you can't act like this you can't do whatever the hell you want to do because you're gonna go to prison so the consequences change as you get older and that conversation was much more of a different a differentiating factor on how my behavior changed than a beating ever could be because one I was fighting at the time my dad can't hit me like grown men like the who fight hit like I wasn't even worried about that it, it was he had to talk to me and when he spoke to me and my mother spoke to me those things changed and that's what made the difference for me yeah, and it's always going to be on that space when you know better, you have to do better, right? So there's probably a lot of historical context as to why our parents did what they did, right? And if you go back a generation further than that, it's probably a historical context as to why their parents had to go through what they had to go through. And as far as I'm concerned, in American diaspora, you know why those people felt like physical discipline was the only type of discipline. Oh, that, you know, grandma's you know. was out here trying to... Grandma's, grandma's was out there. Great Roof League was out here doing child abuse. Right. So if grandma... <laughs> but realistically, think about how many generations that's back. Um, grandma's, great-grandma's, one more great, and you're talking about people who were in bondage, realistically. I only need yeah. one. Right? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So depending on the age one. range and where you're at, you're talking about people who were actually in bondage, and that's the only way they knew how to discipline. And then when you evolve from that, you know, you emulate the things that you're are surrounded by all the time so as i would never fault my parents for doing what they did um because i definitely was uh disciplined but then you know 10 years removed it looks kind of crazy i saw my little brother never had the same uh lifestyle that i did and i'm 10 years older than my little brother it's just kind of like all right yeah people started to pay attention to what was going on Mm -hmm. that decade of time Mm -hmm. one first my parents were like young in their 20s By the time they got to 30, they calmed down. They're not crazy on their own. And then, two, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, he can't, he doesn't grow up in the same environment that I had to grow up in. You know, he's protected a lot more Mm -hmm. than where I was coming from. So you don't have to put that sense of fear and that sense of urgency in that. And in some way, shape, or form, that does let you form as a different person. You know, it might rob you of being that, that like dogged kind of like, okay, I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to survive space. But we're in a time where we're celebrating guys for having a well-rounded 
uh, outlook on life in general. They don't have to just be surviving. They don't have to be, you know, I don't have to be hard all the time and do everything. So I got to look at that for what it is. And if I were to have a kid, I got to pass that on. Of course. You know, the baton only goes further forward, you know. Um, And that's what I would try to celebrate as well. Yeah, for sure. Damn, guys. Well, you convinced me, you know. I don't, I don't know when I'm going to be having children no time soon, you know, God willing. But, uh, <laughs> fingers uh, crossed for you. Yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed, you know what I mean? We got, what, what's today? No. Uh, but aside from that. You just got to pull out. Aside from that, we're going to keep that moving. Keep it moving. <laughs> now, I, I think it's, it's interesting to have this conversation with you because with everyone here because I had this conversation with people of it was a lot of women in the room and it was a lot of people of different races so there was spanish there was white women there was a little bit of everybody and i would, i was like the only one that was like yo i got my ass whooped and they was like well no i never really got touched like i, I got grounded and i was like yeah. i you, got that were too. you all of the same age relatively all right with the with the ageism you got going on, I here, was just sir. asking. That's a point it's of reference. That makes right, this guy just, that is that is a <laughs> form of discrimination. If you did not know, no, but different. We just talked about it. Different generations were treated differently. So yeah, this if you're is talking true. about all the same generation, then it's kind of an equal point of reference. Yeah, yeah but uh, no, I mean, moving forward, I think I would definitely take the approach my pops did in the sense of challenge your child mentally. As opposed to physically having to actually beat them. Like, if I can challenge you to think further about your actions, then that's where the real change comes in. I think that's where you pass that baton. Well, and keep he also moving. challenged you physically, but it didn't involve abuse. That yeah. too. Well, you know it, I mean? it was abuse yeah. on my abs and, <laughs> well, and that's, squats. That's, that's teaching you. Yeah, but that's different than, yeah. like, there, 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 there's a humiliation factor that people don't acknowledge in getting beaten. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. the humiliating side of it, especially when you're trying to develop yourself and you're trying to figure out who you are as a person to be beaten by someone who's supposed to be protecting you can be a damaging thing and everyone doesn't interpret it the same way everyone's not built to absorb those kind of situations mentally the same way so it can affect people differently so that's one of the reasons why um most you know going forward the 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 thought is in parenting that that's not a good idea it's funny you say that and the law says that too so yeah, exactly. It's funny that you said that because on the um, on the Steve Harvey show, like a couple of weeks back, I was watching it, and long, long story short, um, this this guy's this this guy's um, kid was a bully, and like when he went to the school to find out that his daughter was bullying these other girls, like he made his daughter walk five um, miles in the cold and rain into to school, and he was like videotaping her. Mm-hmm. So it's like that level of humility. Like, what are you teaching her? So, you, so you, you punish her for you're bullying just, by but bullying you're just her. showing that you're the reason she is acting out and bullying people by doing that, right? Yeah, that's wild. Especially in today's day and age, because yeah. that video yeah. is never going away. Yeah, no, that's wild. Ever. Ever. So, Ever. I, I mean, I've taken a lot. Child uh, Protective Services may come see him on They probably video. did. It, it might happen. But, yeah. you know, think about all of the crazy stuff that you've gotten away with or done or might have mm. even gotten criticized or chastised by mm. that wasn't in this digital era. Mm. Right. And if you try to do that by showing example, your parent is putting you out there like mm. that. That's crazy. It's crazy, man. It's because it's never going anywhere. It's crazy. You're going to be looking at that in college. They're going to be able to pull up your your junior high school the, 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 humiliation the, the, the and therapy, look back at it. The therapy that this individual might need behind that, because like you said, the digital space, like things live there forever. Mm-hmm. You know, can't take that yeah. down. Can't erase that memory. And then that's going to affect how they parent. And it's snowball. cyclical, man. That's why we have to focus on really changing how that behavior pattern is because we get to stop that behavior pattern from being a thing for the next generation. Hell yeah, man. So shout out to the generation that came before us for all the sacrifice that they had to do. Love you, mama. She's my baby girl. You only get one. You know that whole that's thing. That's a fact. Definitely. <laughs> and shout out to all the lovely women that we shouted out today. Uh, guys, if you have anybody else that you want to champion on the day that this drops out, because it's going to be all Women Crush Wednesday mixtape, make oh. sure you hit us up, tag them up, let them know what we're doing. Off the strength, let us know who you're celebrating, and we'll throw them up there and see how we keep it going. Uh, you guys got anything else you want to add on this before we head out? Uh, Chantel Brooks, my wife, you are my rock, you are my confidant, you are the strongest woman I know outside of my mother. I love you. That's there, all. There we go. Celebrator. I love you. You know who you are. Nice. <laughs> what? I like, I like anonymous Corey over there. What? His voice it. was smooth though. He knew you, you had to get <clears> the right <throat> pitch. <throat> let me get mine. Um, 
mom uh i appreciate you <laughs> there we go you are you are welcomed and uh, i love you you know there we go <laughs> anyone else uh i got love for you too Mad love for the ladies. <laughs> Once again, it's been another episode of Off the Strength. I'm a trainer called Tony. It's your boy TB. You're a trainer, Corey. And Dragonfly Jones is somewhere. Dragonfly Jones <laughs> is go. in the building. Uh, KR Jones underscore. Kyle, let the people know where they can find us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you go to Off the Strength uh, and you, well, if you're on Instagram first and foremost, then you go to Off the Strength underscore you can click the link in the bio click you can add your name your first name your last name your email address you can put a question in there you can celebrate a woman crush wednesday if you like we might even throw up on the page whatever you want to do just do it thank you very much kyle peace and much love until next time folks we'll see you soon peace peace